Hey there and welcome to Cena Files. This is the internet's number one John Cena film review program. Joined as always by Michael Andronico. I am Henry T. Casey and we are here with the same five moves of doom you expect from us. We are here to discuss the cinematic, the cinematic, if you will, career of the Doctor of Thugonomics, the best-selling author, the 16-time world champion, TV show host, and overall sentient meme machine himself, John Cena. Um, and we're coming to you if the voices sound a little weird. That's because we were actually out hanging out last night, IRL, and talking over a quite loud park. So it was sort of like, okay, nature is healing, and my voice still, and my throat still is healing today, too. So it's fun like that. Mike, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm also in the same boat as you. Uh, as Henry said, we got to actually hang out in real life last night, which was awesome. Uh, and New York City is very much back in action. We saw all the staples, people dancing the streets, live music, a table selling both poems and uh, suggestively shaped candles. So everything good about New York is coming back. I'm loving it. It's weirdly gloomy for mid-June, but I, I'll take it. I'm happy to not be sweating right now. It's also E3 this weekend. It's a lot of excitement there. So I'm feeling pretty pumped up, but there's nothing I'm more excited about than talking about the Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown. It's it's the um, I would say the second chapter, the Empire Strikes Back, if you will, of our John Cena animation trilogy. Uh, tomorrow we will be watching yeah. Ferdinand and discussing it with our special guest Courtney Rose at a special later time, uh, 7 p.m. right before uh, we have the takeover, um, in your house or in our houses, as you say. But uh, let's jump right in and Mike. Do you, what do you have from the Wikipedia Corner? Yeah, so some, some fun tidbits about this film from Wikipedia. So this was actually the first new Flintstones production in over 14 years uh, since the Flintstones on the Rock. So this was the world's return to the Flintstones universe was via this WWE film. It's also the first Flintstones film that didn't have William and Hannah and Joseph Barbera involved, the creators of Flintstones, because, well, they're dead. So that would have been kind of difficult. Um, not a lot of stats about how it performed. This was a direct-to-video animated film. It seemed to get some decent reviews. Uh, IndieWire called it a brand new release that so meticulously recaptures the salad days of Hanna-Barbera that it only makes one yearn for more Flintstones cartoons. That's up for debate. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, came out uh, came out March 10th, March 10th, 2015. It's also part of the DVD collection, The Flintstones, two movies and five specials. The value. This movie yeah. is about value and how Thank Fred has no values. That's what this Speaking movie yeah. is about. <laughs> Fred is the biggest. We'll get into it, but Fred <laughs> Flintstone is just the biggest carny piece of dirt. He yep. makes Vince McMahon seem like an almost decent person. And well, Vince McMahon is in this film. I was about to say, we're going to... Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, there's, we'll get there's into lore, it. There's lore. This, this yep. movie actually sets up it, real it, life. It, we'll it, get into yeah, it. Um, but this film, as, uh, as always, I will meticulously give... A note about the opening credit because we have a Flintstone style, as in granite being shattered with a chisel. Uh, Warner Brothers logo and WWE Studios logo, very minimal, but cute. And we I like it. We open on yeah, it's it's one of the better ones. Uh, we open on then on scenic bedrock, and just to um, show us that things have changed in the Simpsons world from when we were kids, um, we pan over a number of blocks. It's not just the same three houses over and over again. I'm pr they're they're doing world building here on a scale that's pretty self aware, and um, not speaking of not being self aware, Fred is in bed while well, he's not asking his boss for a pay an advance on his paycheck, with and because he wants to go on vacation, and then he's oh uh oh, Fred slept in and he's already late for work, and I just um. I assume that Fred did the made the mistake of not setting the um, animal rights abusing alarm that he probably owns. That oh would, god, um... yeah. <laughs> this movie, yeah, we'll get it, we'll talk. This will come up a lot, but I, I forgot. I I forgot about the Flintstones gag of like every appliance in this movie is a living thing. So like the alarm clock, the toothbrush, and there's just this weird kind of disturbing, problematic like animal abuse slash. Uh, servitude thing going on but anyway as henry said yeah 
we get a very late for work and we're off yeah yeah we get a very traditional flintstones intro with the theme song and everything and they list out the um wwe superstars who will be involved with the movie those are brie bella nikki bella daniel bryan john cena mark henry ray mysterio cm punk the undertaker and mr mcmahon the the credits specify an alphabetical order but Mr. McMahon going last, sort of, yeah, whatever. He's he's the lot. He's the exception. Yeah, um, yeah. And then um, I wouldn't have seen personally that Fred was a Starbucks person, but Fred Flintstone runs into Stonebucks on his mm. way to work. He takes a break from his. He's already late for work, but he's still gonna go. He's gonna get there later. Um, I'll argue that this got him in more trouble. Like, yeah, because when we get to work, Mr. Slate who has a special guest we'll get to in a second. Mr. Slate is really not, he's pro, he's profoundly talking about how much he de despises laziness and lateness. And he goes to check on Fred. And if Fred had not taken that stop for a coffee, I think he would have gotten there in time for this not to even been an issue. We could have had maybe the entire movie... Well, no, nah, the boss would have given him the advance. But the entire yeah. movie could have not happened if, if he hadn't just stopped that Stonebucks coffee, which is also where we get introduced to our first in in kayfabe for Flintstones WWE superstars. Yeah. Uh, the groupings are hilarious here because, yeah, we see Undertaker hanging out with Ray Mysteriopal. Uh, and we also see uh, CM Punk Rock and Marble Henry uh, hanging out, getting their muffins and whatnot. We and, don't. Uh, we don't learn any of these names, though. That the, no. these names are introduced in some in interesting ways, and others not, as we yeah. proceed. But um, yeah, they're all just hanging out. They're getting coffee, and um, they're just in. I love that in this world they're just people, except for the dead man who's a dead man. But like yeah. in this reality, these are all just. Per, they're just people, just like us. Yeah, but one of us. So speaking so we, of, yeah. So, yeah, speaking of one of us, you know, Fred's stuck in traffic. He's dealing with, uh, you know, again, he can't be bothered to, to get anywhere in time. He kind of looks out. Mr. Slate's yelling for him. By the time Mr. Slate gets up to Fred's vehicle, his crane, Fred manages to, to sneak on up there. Um, and he's like, hey, Mr. Slate, whatever. And uh, one thing leads to another. We uh, And Mr. Slate's practically put in mortal danger and, like, yeah. Everything's about to crash. But before Mr. Slate was yelling at Fred, Mr. Slate was talking to the newest employee who he was doing a favor for his mother's brother's sister's cousin. Um, a nice looking gentleman by the name of Mr. Cenastone, John Cenastone. And this is one of the few moments in the movies, in, sorry, in this, in this special, where a character basically notes that he's referring to somebody by their first and last name because they prefer the formality which I yep. think is the the movie's like way of saying yes, we are make we are uh, shoehorning in these pun names. But um, looks like John Cena Stone is a normal, hardworking dude. And uh, but when Mister Slate gets knocked down and is about to get attacked uh, by, by a falling dinosaur because of how angry that Mister Slate was, what happens, Mike? Oh, well, the master of catching heavy objects, Mr. John Cena Stone, shows up, catches the dinosaur, looks like a giant stegosaurus, and just throws it out of the way. So we're picking up right where we left off in the Scooby-Doo movie, where he saved the gang from a falling boulder. This time it was a dinosaur, and he comes in, he checks up on them, being the good guy he is. He's like, you guys okay? Um, so that's our intro. That's our intro of John Cena Stone. Very polite man. Very strong, as as he is in all of his roles. Uh, and he didn't get fired in these last two movies. So this is a good... This We're getting some good momentum for, for John Cena's characters. He's actually getting hired this time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a nice it's a nice inverse of that. But, of course, uh, the protagonist of the film doesn't have his great career luck because when uh, Fred and Mr. Slate go back to Mr. Slate's office, Mr. Slate is very angry when he learns that Fred wants an advance and also wants to take vacation time. Um... I there assume... was this, yeah, I don't. I don't think they're. I don't think they were unionized. This. Uh, I don't even know if they have vacation hours in this yeah. point in time. Like n much less the fake lie of unlimited PTO. Like this is who knows what's going on here. But um, and it's, it's really weird. And then Mister Slate pretends like he's gonna give him that early paycheck. 
he like chisels out. He does all the work. Yeah. And then he takes a giant hammer, and I was probably Triple H's music didn't play here, but then he just smashes Fred's um, paycheck, which he did all that work to make, yeah. just to toy with Fred's emotions. He hates Fred that bad that he did that he went through all that trouble. So it shatters it into dust. Yeah. So this is bad news for Fred. Fred did not get his advance, and now he's got to come home and tell his wife that he did not get the money. Uh, just as he's prepared to do that, he's greeted by Vilma, who is uh, wearing a very revealing bikini. Um, and, uh, Wilma's just a, it's just a two piece Wilma. Like I mean, maybe for yeah. that era it was. Like, well, Fred's reaction. Yeah, yeah. Fred's reacting. Uh, the first thing we see Wilma doing is wearing a wearing a bikini, uh, and she's looking very. Uh, let's just say I don't know. There's a very consistent thread of extremely horny energy in all of these films, and this might be the horniest so far. And, and there's other instances of yeah, it throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. But so she's in a bikini, so she's like, "Oh well, I." Fred's like, "We need to. We need to talk about the vacation. I need to talk to you about the vacation because look at this bikini." Um, so he doesn't even get the chance to really say that uh, he doesn't have the money. And then we cut to, you know, uh, Betty and Barney want to hang out. They're uh, all so they're supposed all... to go to the Water Buffalo Charity Carnival. Yep. And they're outside, Barney and Betty, and they're honking twice. And then Fred pokes his head. He goes, honk again. I didn't even hear you the first two times. And, of course, Barney honks again and asks if you heard him. And that is the moment when I remembered that the Barney-Fred friendship is basically Barney goes ultra-literal for the sake just to annoy Fred. He's constantly yep. ribbing the master of the Brontosaurus ribs. Like, it is uh, a thing he here. Is. And, uh, yeah, so there, so that, yeah, so now now the crew, they're all headed to, to the carnival. Uh, Wilma and Betty are driving together. Fred and Barney are driving together. One of many weird moments where I'm like, this is really a kid's movie. Because Fred's like, you should have seen her in that bikini. And Barney's like, I would have liked to see her in that bikini. And I'm just like, dude. I mean, yeah, again, this is a children's film. But extreme, again, extreme horny energy. Uh, Fred reveals to Barney that he didn't get his advance and that they can't take the vacation. So, like, we get Barney, to- <laughs> Barney, Barney, Fred is not Jim Cornette. You can't say that to him. Like, you no. can't get away with it. And you, no. ha- you have, yeah, and like, you have a wife, my guy. Yeah. Uh, Although so... <laughs> she doesn't look like Betty at all. I think they redesigned Betty's face for this movie. Both Betty yeah. and Pebbles seem to have well, new faces, and it's weird. Hannah, Hannah and Barbera weren't here to sign off on anything. Yep. So, yeah, they took some liberties, including putting the WWE in this film. So they get to the carnival. Uh, we see all types of attractions, including a kissing booth featuring Nikki and Brie Boulder, the Boulder twins, uh, played by none other than Nikki and Brie Bella, the Bella twins. Which... That sounds. That just feels like a really too on the nose joke about how WWE sexualizes women to call them the Boulder yeah. Twins. Like, okay, great, yep. good for you guys. Um, but then there's a guy who walks up to their booth, and he's asked how much for a kiss, and they say a hundred clams. He goes, "Oh, that's a lot." And then he goes, "They try to say, oh, it's it's consider it half off because you get one from each of us." Then he goes, well, okay, I'll buy 502 kisses. And he whips out a giant bag that's bigger than he is. And you just remember that the Flintstones movies and all the Hanna-Barbera, the sight gags are just, but they kiss him. And then he just goes full hornball by his neck spinning. And like, all like you think the, the heart eyes emoji is a lot. This is that to the like 10th degree. And, and and our uh, once we see that Fred himself tries to get in the kissing booth, to which Wilma <laughs> immediately drags him out. No, she just um, yells, "Get out of that line, Fred!" Yeah. And he goes, like, "Oh, yeah. I was. It's for charity." Yeah, yeah, sure. But the big attraction, which really leads us to the main plot of this movie, is that there's a boxeroo booth, uh, where Barney is having his kangaroo. What's it called? A hoppy. Hoppy is the name of the the uh, dinosaur, yeah, and it's... the running gag is not remembering what the name of the gene of the dinosaur is. Yep, yep. And I guess I'm just as bad as um the one of the well Fred's the villain of the movie, but I'm just as bad as anybody else because I can't remember what kind of a because they corrected it like seven times. But yeah, basically people just get in there to box with Hoppy, and Hoppy just keeps beating everybody up, like developing its own Undertaker esque streak here. Like, it's really going yeah. full form. But then, out of nowhere, we get wrestlers. Because two guys, 
who look like CM Punk and Mark Henry, show up, and CM Punk Rock, we later learn his name is, says, I got this in the bag, Marble Henry. And Mark Henry goes, you can just call me Marble. And CM Punk goes, I prefer the formality of last names, is his exact line. And yep. that, that's not CM Punk. Like, yep. he's a tattooed dude. Come on. He's the absolute opposite of formality. Yeah. But, there, but there's some great self-aware CM Punk humor coming yep. later on. Um, but yeah, so CM Punk and Marvel Henry, who are ostensibly the antagonists in this film, which is so bizarre to me. It's weird enough that they're paired up and even weirder that they're kind of put as put as a sort of antagonist. But yeah, Punk's like, come on, you big, giant, ugly dino rats, take down time. And he actually grabs the uh, grabs the loudspeaker and starts cutting a promo on uh, on our on Hoppy, which is a reference to I think Punk's pipe bomb promo. He had a megaphone, a microphone, megaphone during it, and he's bullying Hoppy. He's being a yeah. real scumbag, and the true hero and babyface of the movie, Barney, gets into the ring because he cares about Hoppy. Hoppy's his friend, and unlike some people, Barney takes care of his friends, yes. and Barney is basically goes full on. I believe it's it's still real to me, damn it. Um, and goes up to the top turnbuckle into the splash on CM Punk Rock, and it knocks him down. Yeah, Barney got Barney's got some surprising wrestling aptitude. Knocks Punk right into the corner turnbuckle, but that doesn't last very long. Uh, Punk grabs Barney by the nose, flings him. I think Fred puts throws Barney back in the ring. Right into a lariat. Right into a lariat. Yeah, right into a lariat. And then CM Punk continues cutting a promo. He says, I am the best in the prehistoric world. (laughs) And he talks about being straight edge. Yeah, he says that's my straight edge lifestyle. Before he can finish, he he gets knocked into the air, flying into a man named Mr. McMagma. And we know this because there's a sign above his area. Because Mr. McMagma is selling raw fish. That's what CM Punk Rock falls into. And Mr. McMagma, Mr. McMagma, Mr. McMagma goes, this raw fish business stinks. Um, yep. But Mr. McMagma congratulates Fred because everybody seems to like this and they're giving money. And Mr. McMagma is uh, pretty impressed by this uh, industrious businessman-like behavior. Wouldn't you say, Mike? Yeah, so the, the dollar signs start turning in Fred's eyes. He realizes that he could make a lot of money putting on some kind of wrestling show, like what just accidentally happened in the ring. So Fred starts formulating a plan. Uh, he goes to visit Barney in the middle of the night. Of course, the running gag of Fred just showing up when Barney's in the bathroom trying to pee, or in this case, brushing his teeth with sentient dinosaur brush. Again, these poor, the animal abuse in this film. The line uh, is, the line for the toothbrush dinosaur is, and for this, I went to college. Like <laughs> yeah. it was, and like it's really Be- sad. But before they go home, Betty tells Barney, "You never do something dangerous like that again," which is important. <laughs> which is important dialogue because Fred pops in, and he's gonna get—he's the devil on Barney's shoulder, tempting him with money. And because Fred and Wilmore are supposed to go on a vacation to Rockapulco, and I think Fred basically tells Barney, "You could take Betty. We could all go together with this much money." Yes. So, so the, again, Fred's got a plan. He thinks that this is how they could make the vacation actually happening, despite him not getting his advance. Uh, and, of course, Fred starts recruiting some potential talent for this show he's putting on, this pr- this new promotion he's putting together. And the first man he talks to is none other than John Cena's stone, who's casually just lifting rocks as one John Cena would. Um, a really funny existential moment. Cena Stone goes, well, I don't plan on breaking rocks my whole life, saying, like, this is going to be my job forever. And Fred just has this blank existential stare for what feels like a minute uh, after he's like, none of us do, kid. And then he just realizes his whole life flashes before him. You could hear Hello Darkness, my old friend, playing over that moment. It was it was real, damn it. Yep. Uh, Cena Stone says, oh, maybe music is my thing. So. Which, again, is that great gag of Cena being this, like, very cultured individual despite being the most muscular man alive. And Fred goes, music with muscles like that? You should join my sports entertainment event. <laughs> Which I love that that's what, what he calls it. That's his so, natural way to refer to it. There is nothing that would suggest that to him. That is what he referred to it as. But we're going to another place to recruit. We go to an <laughs> office. But why would we go to an office, Mike? I mean, is the IRS going to be there? Is, like, what gimmick makes sense for an office? 
Well, we're not going to the office to do our taxes. We're going to the office because one Ray Mysteriopal works there. And uh, he's having some trouble with what looks like a, a printer. Uh, so like you do whenever your printer doesn't work, he does a, a frog splash right on it. Paper starts shooting everywhere or, or rock or whatever they used back then. And then he just yells 619 just to remind you that, yes, this is in fact Ray Mysterio. He yells Booyaka before he does the body slam onto it and then yells when it's printing out 619 as if he's made 619 copies. Nobody knows at this point why It doesn't he... make any sense, yeah. But then they go to he... a graveyard. Because, well, we already know where this is going. Um, there's a, a guy who's digging up a grave. And no, that's not who you want. We just we turn around. No, Cena Stone shakes his head to Fred when Fred's like, that guy? And uh, yeah. under, uh, to our left, the Undertaker was just standing around in full gimmick and growling. And Barney is so scared he jumps into an early grave. So R.I.P. Barney. Yep. But we have, but luckily we have the Undertaker on board, which I love that the Undertaker is like the one yep. character in this movie that he doesn't get a gimmick Flintstones name. He's just the Undertaker. Because how do you, yeah. He says he no probably... puns. He has, his dialogue is all Undertaker. Like, this is still in the era when Undertaker didn't do cameos. This is before yeah. he had like complete, this is, this is a 2015 he's, movie. He's still protecting, still protecting the gimmick. You know, still, the still streak, not showing yeah. too much. The streak is over at this point. That was 2014, I think, at WrestleMania 30. But this is still the Taker is Taker. And um, Fred is now handing out flyers for his event, um, which um, if you pause and read like I did, you would learn that Fred's company is going to be called FFE, Fred Flintstone Entertainment. <laughs> it's a great name for a promotion. just rolls off the tongue. I, I'm, sure, uh, I'm, sure, hmm? I'm sure it will inspire future businessmen to start their own promotions. So they're passing flyers around, uh, and they run into one Daniel Bryrock, who, <laughs> of course, is Daniel Bryan. Uh, Cena Stone is trying to convince him to come to the show. He doesn't seem very interested, and they go. They have this classic back and forth. He's like, "No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, it's I the don't. yes and no chant thing from Daniel yep. Bryan and Kane's run. But yep. then, as you're saying, they go full animation on it. And it basically yep. turns into the Bugs Bunny, Daffy, Duck Season, Wabbit Season gimmick. And John Cena Stone reverse engineers Daniel Bryrock and saying he'll show up. But when Fred asks him, do you think he's actually going to be there? Cena Stone's like, if I had to say in a word, I'd say, nah. Oh, yeah. And he Which doesn't is... show up. So good thing they're not. Because, like, seeing Daniel Bryan in the trail, I was like, I would be cool. But no, they yeah. only could convince Daniel Bryan to do one bit for this. And it's it's funny. I I, oh, I totally forgot that he had this little scene in this movie, and I was actually shocked that he never showed up again. Because it's Daniel Bryan, pretty big star, especially at this time. But you know, he had his little cameo. Yeah. it was funny. Because this is right after he beats. Um, if, if it's 2015, who knows when this was produced? But it was released after Bryan wins the tight both titles at WrestleMania. Um, full yes movement in effect. But he might have actually already been really like time off retired at that point because he didn't. It was sort of soon thereafter. But that's neither here nor there, um, because um, they're trying to find more talent. And CM Punk Rock is intimidating Barney again. Um, but ever the peacemaker, Marble Henry shows up. He's got ice cream to try to solve things. Yeah. So so Marble tries to extend some ice cream. Taker eventually shows up, as do the rest of like the uh, the good guy crew, the good guy wrestlers with Cena and Mysteriopal. He ominously says, "Your ice cream's melting," <laughs> to to Punk Rock and and Marble. And um, we also, at this point, Wilma does not know what Fred's up to, so he's he she does not know that he's running a secret wrestling promotion. I think he's, I don't know. She says something like, "Are you doing another one of your harebrained schemes?" He claims he has to go to a poker night with his buddies, and she's like, yeah. And then he specifically does this thing that, like, I remember happening so often. It's like, no, Wilma, I promise I'm not trying to double our funds at a poker game tonight. He's lying by omission, which... Yeah, he's, he's technically telling the truth. He was not going to a poker game. Technically, the least valuable form of telling the truth. Um, but then Fred's making a <laughs> lot of claims about how they're going to be get rich and do well. No, no, sorry. No, I, I'm reading my notes wrong. Turns out they're making a lot of clams from this. And Fred points out to the crowd and look at all those. They're, they're heading clams ahead. 
Mm-hmm. But this is the point where I started to wonder: Have they talked with the rest, the the perform the wrestlers uh, if they're making any money? Is Fred paying them anything? It's never discussed in the movie. And because it seems like Fred is looking at the giant bucket of clams like they're his and Barney's, it sort of seems like Fred is cheaper than even Gabe Sapolsky. Like, it really is not good here. Yeah, and speaking of which, this is where Fred really starts to reveal himself as as the proto-Vince McMahon, as the first terrible, somewhat evil, inconsiderate wrestling promoter, because he's in the locker room, everyone's chilling, Cena Stone is sleeping, uh, Rey Mysterio's texting on his clamshell phone. Get it? Yeah. Uh, it's literally just a clam. Taker's reading something on a tablet, a literal stone tablet with a screen on it. And um, yeah, Fred. Fred starts yelling at everyone, like, "Come on, guys, we got to get it together." He eventually starts ripping Ray's Ray Mysterio's clothes off, which leads to a really funny gag where he rips his pants off, and Ray Matt happens to have tights on. He's like, "How'd you know I had these on?" He's like. I didn't. <laughs> or consider that a lucky something. Uh, I don't know. But that's when yeah. we learn his name is Ray Mysteriopal. And again, yep. this is the kind of, I think it was something else recently. Um, for, I'm not, this isn't a spoiler, but like in Loki episode one, the phrase temporal aura comes around. And I think Ray Mysteriopal is like the kind of, I'm like, wait, wait I have to re- It was just like, okay, you're really going full many different kinds of rock and gem. Okay, good for you. Yeah. Um, but then Fred rips off Ray's outfit and he's trying to talk everybody into getting outfits on because it's from a, because this used to be a carnival. So he just throws clothing at everybody. And Mm -hmm. this is when we get the first really weird moment of the movie because, um, Undertaker walks up and he's wearing, uh, some tight undergarment and he goes, are these things supposed to be so tight? They're creeping up something terrible. And he just turns around and like presents his ass and like sort of has a wedgie uh, to Fred and Barney. But Fred is like very confident. He's trying to tell Barney, like I said, this ain't dangerous. It's an event. So he's basically like, it's not real. You dumbass sort of thing. Right. And he's tempting Barney again with the vision of a vacation. Cause it seems like Barney's going to be a competitor of some kind because that's what did so well the first time. Um, right. Fred's the ring announcer. And, like, we cut to Cena and Mysterio as the first wrestlers. Yep, and yep. what happens, Mike? What is this? So, yeah. So, so our first match on the card, Cena, Stone, Mysterio, and they don't know what to do. Because wrestling hasn't existed yet. So they're just like, what do we do? Like, they're just hanging out. Uh, Fred gets in the ring. He's like, put a hurt on each other. And he's like, they're like, but we're friends. Why would we hurt each other? Uh, which is, again, the parallels between Fred and actual real wrestling promoters. Uh, so they, Fred eventually gets them to put a match on. They start with this very weird. They start flexing. There's a lot of pecs bouncing action. Uh, pretty pretty funny visual gag. Uh, Cena hits a massive spinning, spinning pile driver on Rey Mysterio. Drops him right like, on his head. Like... Yeah. Yeah, right on his head, but apparently apparently they just learned how to work a pile driver perfectly in the last three seconds because Ray gets up right away, holds up Cena's arm. That's the whole match. He basically gives the match to Cena. Somebody the in the is, crowd yells, just one move? Yeah. So this was this was the, probably the first squash match in history. Yep. This is probably the first wrestling match in history and by proxy the first squash match. So the crowd is not happy with this. Oh, and also as a side note, Cena Stone says, wow, sports entertainment is fun. Um, so we got our three-second squash match, and the crowd is not happy about it. And then we have to have a second match, and Fred says, okay, Barney, you're up. And we got our next match is Battling Barney Rubble versus The Undertaker. Again, no gimmick <laughs> name. It's whatever. Yep. Um, yep. But then Barney is basically presenting himself as the chicken bleep heel basically like undertaker is chasing barney around the ring and i mean barney's obviously the baby face too but like fred the real villain lowers a giant lion cage to make barney have to fight the undertaker yeah yeah uh so the first yeah the first he literally is forcing his best friend to to potentially risk his life for entertainment and by and also creates the first ever cage match um but, uh-oh, 
here come Betty and Wilma, and they realize what their husbands are doing. Oh, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. We eventually take her pretty much beats Barney. Barney, really badly gets Barney goes arm lock, kind of, because Taker's yeah. trying to throw Barney, but Barney just, like, fetal positions her on Taker's arm, so he can't yep. get thrown, and then Fred actually is trying, and then eventually Barney gets thrown, and he's hanging from the top rafters of the cage, and Fred, to try to convince Barney to go back down, climbs up to the top of the cage, and it's all wobbly and stuff, and I, I'm thinking, wait a minute. Is this going to be Hell in a Cell with F Mankind and Undertaker, but in Flintstones form? But no. Um, but Fred convinces Barney to fall back down, and then, but he lands right on Undertaker, almost pins him, gets a solid two count, but that's when Betty shows up. Betty yeah. and Wilma. Uh, and yeah, so both both of our, uh, Barney and Fred are a little thrown off. Barney tries to pull the old, oh, you look, you look very beautiful, Betty, trying to distract from what's happening. And Fred, this is where Fred says, "Hey, I, I wasn't lying. I wasn't trying to double our clams in a harebrained poker scream. I was. I did, however, double our clams in a harebrained sports entertainment event. And now we can all go on vacation." And they're like, "Ah, eh, it's not that bad." But Betty's like, "This is very much like the Flintstones movie." Betty yells, "Get out of here right now, Barney!" And Barney goes, "No, I don't want to come out. It's safer in here, right?" As he's in a <laughs> pin from the Undertaker. And but Barney then entirely drops dime on Fred and reveals that, like, no, this is about Fred getting uh, his paycheck taken away from him and being late for work and being yelled at by his boss. That's why we're doing it. And, like, at this point, they've got their vacation money. Everything's good. And I look at the little... I pause this thing. I'm like, there are 19 minutes left? What's going to happen next? Uh, but well, Betty and Will would say, okay, you better not do this again. And Mr. McMagnus shows up. And is the real devil in Fred's shoulder. And he goes, you're on to something great, Miss, Mr. Flintstone. You got something real special here. And Fred turns yep. off the lights. And that's <laughs> when he's been got. He basically gets billionaire brain poisoning in this moment. And he goes on a little yep. bit of a shopping spree. Yeah, so he has, uh, thanks to, uh, partially thanks to Mr. McMagnus' encouragement, he has kind of this vision of himself. He starts dreaming about becoming the ultimate wrestling promoter, has this very, like, pimp suit-esque get-up. He's got all the clams. He's realizing the life he could have if he just becomes a full-time wrestler promoter. He quits his job. He literally, uh, he's at work. Mr. Slate's like, one more slip-up and you're fired. He's like, you know what? I quit. So Fred says, screw it. You know, Fred quits, and he does exactly what was in his dream. He goes, gets his fancy suit. So, just a side note. So maybe you could be you could better address this, Henry. I haven't seen Uncut Gems, Henry, but I assume <laughs> like I assume this is basically how it goes. Like I feel like Fred Flintstone has very similar energy to Adam Sandler's character because he's at this point he's just wearing the most ridiculous outfit. He's got a really fancy ring. He's he's all about the money, all about the greed is completely corrupting him. Yeah. And, uh, Fred and, isn't as nervous, yeah. but yeah, there's some similarities. There's a giant pinky ring. Yeah. So he, uh, so Fred starts putting together a Saturday night spectacle. That's his next event. And he wants to get punk rock on the card. And the way he does that is he offers CM Punk a rematch with Barney. His, the man who, you know, embarrassed him back at the carnival. Uh, of course, again, Fred interrupts Barney in his private bathroom time. Barney's just trying to pee. And Fred shows up, and he's like, uh, hey, we're going to do another wrestling show. It also turns out he spent the vacation fund on his suit. So and he's Barney's like, what the? Get the money back. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, Fred's very convinced that they'll make even more money, and it won't even matter, and they'll have everything they need just from just from sports entertainment, as, as they call it. And uh, so we, we get to Saturday Night Spectacle. Fred cuts a great little introductory promo. He's like, you know how I got here? I didn't give up on a dream I had for almost a week. That was the, one of the better lines of the whole thing, was like him admitting that there's no... But then the crowd doesn't really care about Mr. John C. Stone, Rey Mysterio, Blim the Undertaker. When they get... There's a giant Titan... There's a giant, like, screen, and, like... Production value is pretty good for the Stone Age. But... Yeah. The crowd's chanting, Barney, Barney, Barney. And Fred basically yeah. pulls the whole card is subject to change, but not really uh, saying it. And then he, he says, I'll fight. And he goes, forget Barney. I'll put myself in the line. And John Cena Stone pops up and goes, forget Barney? 
And the Undertaker goes, he's your best friend. I, I love that the Undertaker is like the moral compass of this film. Uh, it's like, yeah, and then I, Fred says, like, I want to see you two destroy each other. And I think it was Cena Stone that's like, but we like each other. And Fred's like, not anymore, you don't. So he's, uh, yeah, he's trying to get his guys to fight. And Fred says, telling... Fred says, fame and fortune, what more could you want? And I think Undertaker or Cena Stone pops up and goes, friends! Yeah, that and, was Taker. And yeah. he says, not not cool, Fred, not cool. So Taker being the angel on Fred's shoulder saying, you shouldn't do this. And Fred goes, the Undertaker, I thought we were buds. He doesn't address him in a modified form. He goes full first and last name, The Undertaker, to address yep. him. And then CM Punk Rock and Marble had been saying, get the Boulder Twins. We got to get they're up for fun, too. And then so while this, all this all this debate's happening backstage, they basically hold the ring hostage, Punk Rock, Marble and the Boulder Twins. And Punk Rock starts a rematch chant. But not much happening here. Yeah, so Barney obviously isn't there. So Fred finally has a change of heart, and he's like, you know what? If Barney's not here, I'm going to do this myself. So Fred and Bar Fred and Punk Rock start fighting, and at this point, the rest of the uh, Flintstone family and the Rubble family see the, see the match on TV, and they see Fred getting his ass absolutely worked by uh, one Phil Brooks. and uh, His daughter, Pebbles, looks closely at the screen when Fred's having his head stomped on. And it's this moment of like, it, there was this is the second moment after that. Um, I have more, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do this forever too. Of like, oh, okay, we're going to have some dimensionality for these people. And it's like, you, you, you hope the kids who never watched their parents do pro wrestling until they know that it's uh, yep. a work. Also, at one point, the, the Boulder Twins, like, make a reference to how hot they are. And they're like, you would think our radiant hotness would be enough. They also kiss Fred, like, while he's getting beat up. So he's just getting clowned by the entire, you know, the heel crew in this movie, which, again, makes no sense. Punk, Mark Henry, and the Bell Twins. Anyway. Um, well, you got to see Fred Mark's, uh, Mark Henry's heel <laughs> run is some, and also Punk's. They both have been very good bad guys at one point or another, like... Oh, yeah, also, yeah. I'm pretty sure at this point, remember, this is 2015. CM Punk is no longer with the company. He I was walked gonna, out. I was going to, yep. He walks out, because um, I know this, because 2014 is WrestleMania 30. CM Punk walked out of the company at World Rumble that year. I bought tickets to the WrestleMania and go to, because I really was excited to see CM Punk wrestle for the first time. Nope, he was not with the company when this movie comes out. So it's really funny that Barney. Um, I know I'm jumping ahead of myself here, um, but CM uh, Marble Henry is beating up Fred. Literally, just squashes him literally into the ground with one thing and yells, "That's what I do." Another quote. And then Cena and Ray and Taker are here to rescue Fred. Yep. So here come our here come our our good guys. Uh, Taker grabs Marble Henry and gives him the most epic tombstone pile driver. We see Ray and Punk Rock scrapping. Just when kind of CM Punk has Rey Mysterio defeated, Cena Stone saves the day, and this was this is pretty cool because we get Cena versus Punk, which of yep. course is an iconic rivalry, an iconic match, which happened I guess pretty not that long before. Yeah, not that long uh, before. We also saw yeah. Punk versus Ray during this, which was a WrestleMania match. Um, yes, but when Cena <laughs> I, and Punk fight, they sort of like get into like a mini tornado, holding onto both sides of a steel chair. It's very corny. And when Cena is get, about to be hit by a steel chair, he blocks it. And what happens, Mike? <laughs> yep, we get full. <laughs> doo, 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 doo. It's incredible. I, I was, again, just like in Scooby-Doo, I completely popped. This is literally the second animated movie in, in a row where when John Cena has his big saves the day moment, his theme song just starts playing. That doesn't happen for any other wrestler in this film, but literally just the classic John Cena theme song. Your time is up. My time is now. He grabs the chair. He spins Punk around, tosses him into <laughs> Mr. McMagma's raw fish bar. And uh, it was just an incredible moment. And then you can tell that WWE wasn't trying to protect CM, protect, look at me using lingo, uh, CM Punk anymore. Because Barney, out of nowhere, jumps onto Punk's back and starts bruising him in the face faster than you can say UFC. Like Punk goes down to Barney really easily. 
Yeah, this that, that part. I, I guess I guess you could justify it by he was he was already really weakened by John Cena. But yeah, Barney literally. And granted, keep keep in keep in mind the the way these characters are drawn. Barney is physically like a third of the size of Punk, so he's like a child basically sitting on Punk's face and like just knocking him out and giving him a black eye. So like Barney, yeah, so... Barney is like Chad Gable to Punk's great Kali. Like the scale yes. here is weird. And and then you know just when the Boulder Twins try to get involved, here come Wilma and Betty. They just kind of give them that evil look and scare them off. And the best, uh, you know, the best kind of uh, interaction here, Marble Henry tries to intervene, but none other than I believe Bam Bam, Barney's very strong child, literally just grabs him by the leg, slamming him back and forth. Classic Bam Bam stuff. Uh, so it was a very fun like feel good ending. All the bad guys got beat and. Uh, yeah, Fred. Uh, Fred seems like he's gonna have a change of heart. Maybe do the right thing. He apologizes to Barney about his crazy hijinks, and Barney replies in the most wholesome way possible. If it wasn't for hijinks, we wouldn't have any jinx at all, which is really quite something. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like I mean, and also they're building new talent here. Great for WWE, uh, FFE. For getting looking, making Bam M go over early in his career, they put yeah, they put Bam M over really big. Um, and Fred talks to Barney. Bam Bam looks like he has a bright future, and Barney's like, "Do not put my kid in this business." He's like, "You're not gonna give my kid CTE." Like he's not <laughs> having that. Um, yep. And then they all leave, and Fred's like, "Oh no, I'm out of the business. I'm done." But Mister McMagma is like, "No, this is such a great thing you have here." To which Fred goes, you should take it. You should yes. just take over for me. It'll, it'll work out that way. So Fred effectively hands over the wrestling business to Mr. McMagba in exchange for an all-expense trade paid vacation. Which Vince voluntarily gives Fred, continue, perpetu continuing to perpetuate the myth from the uh, Scooby-Doo that Mr. McMahon is a charitable human being, like when he gave Shaggy and Scooby the title. Um, yeah. It's like he paid for their full vacation. All in like Fred makes some comment like drinks too or something. Yeah. Um, and then we're on the beach. Mr. Slate's giving Wait, before, oh. before we get to the beach, I just want to point out an amazing line that uh Big Magma says. He's like, I'm gonna make the best sports entertainment company in the world, even if it takes me sixty five million years. So this is basically setting up this is a prequel to WWE, to real life. You know, this is this is the origin story of sports entertainment. It's not just that, it's either the the ancestors of uh vince's father like the like the entire mcmahon family tree is either predated here or it's really that vince is actually a highlander and he's always been the same he just changed his name to avoid taxes like there's something yeah. weird going on here but then yeah as you said they get to the beach and they get like fred is trying to really say he's changed he's like really trying to but then there's a karaoke contest and they announced it on the beach. And the winning prize is you're automatically in the top eight for prehistoric idol. And Fred and Barney fumble over each other to run for it. And Betty and Wilma are just like, what? Not again. But there's more. But, it, yeah, this is and this is one of the last shots. But, of course, Cena Stone, Mysterio Opal, and Taker are also just chilling on the beach. And I forget the exact lines, but they're just kind of laughing along. No, with it, Betty yeah. and Wilma. Yeah, it's meaningless laughter, but like, Cena Stone makes some like, whoa! It, no wonder that'll happen. But like, then they all except for Taker laugh, and the yeah. Taker's just standing there, and that's the end of your show. Yeah. So this film, and, and this is almost, I'm trying not to be biased and give and give it too high of a score, but I love that this film was mercifully short at 50 minutes. You know, obviously it's a it's a special, it's a cartoon. Um, yeah, so this this was uh, the Flintstones WWE Stone Age SmackDown. I'm actually not quite sure how I feel about it score wise. I think I don't think it was as strong of an animated film as a WrestleMania mystery. Nope. Um, I thought you know it was entertaining. Again, it, I, I got what I expected considering this was a uh, a Flintstones WWE movie. It it, was, it felt almost weirdly. Whoever wrote this movie, I feel like, was trying to say something about, like, the greed of, of real-life Vince McMahon and trying to make some kind of commentary on the business because there's there are some jabs there. Yeah. Um, 
But I don't know. It was again. It was short. It was entertaining. I would say it's good for kids, but there's some weirdly adult, uh, yeah. throwaway. There's some weirdly adult kind of lines in there. So I don't know. I, I I'm like hovering around a two, maybe a two five for this personally. That's the question. Is this better than the Marine or no no no? Sorry. Is this better than Legendary? Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, that's tough. I I would almost say yes. I think part of my bias is the length, where Legendary yeah there was, it did, didn't drag at all. Dragged, yeah, Legendary dragged. Even though it even though it was kind of a feel good story, like they're actually somewhat similar movies. Um, but is it on I par mean, I... with? Okay, if we're gonna give it, if we're saying it's better than Legendary, is yeah. it on par with the Marine in terms of the experience? Hmm. I still I had a better time watching the Marine. Yep. So I think this is our first two. So we've now got one half knuckle delineations from two to three. I'm sorry, it's from one to three. Um, so we're ranking, if we were to rank them in order from worst to best, the reunion at one legendary at 1.5 Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown at two, the Marine at 2.5 and then 12 rounds and Scooby-Doo WrestleMania mystery currently tied at three. Uh, we'll rank these all again later, but mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think it's a, a solid two. It's like, it couldn't be any busier. If they, unless they really wanted to dive into the seedy scumbag nature of Fred Flintstone, uh, wage thief, like they yep, really yep. would have to do a lot. Like it already felt like it was kind of stretched out in ways, but like I don't know. My only reason why I might go lower or not, nah, I think two is good, but like it really was light on the Cena. It was very much the right. Fred show. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that we didn't talk about. That's why we actually we didn't cover this movie in our first run of Cenophiles because it didn't feel quite like a Cena movie. That being said, I think the screen time he got was all very good. Like they they leaned into who John Cena is, him being kind of the wholesome proto proto face, proto good guy, and he does have great moments. Him yeah. casually, him casually lifting stones, him saying he wants to be a musician, him having that honestly. Part of the fact that this movie is even a two for me and not a one is probably almost riding entirely on him showing up, grabbing yep. the chair from CM Punk and having his theme song play because that was incredible. Um, so, yeah, not a lot of screen time for uh, Mr. John Cena Stone, but I thought he he made the most of everything he had. Exactly. Uh, also, he was on the cover of the DVD, the DVD case, which is part of why we give the inclusion. If Cena's not on the cover of the poster, he's not definitely not going to be... A big enough character. Yep, yep. Mike's got his prop. Um, side note, this episode is being recorded on June 12th, so happy birthday to Marble Henry. Yes, the world's strongest caveman, as he was known in this movie, is uh, a year older as of today, or a today plus X number of days, depending on when you're listening to us later. Um, AEW's Twitter account just wished him a happy birthday with one of their very nice graphics. I'll give AEW credit. Like, these little happy birthday tweets are always oh, very yeah. good. Like, yeah. I, it's it's sort of... I mean, there's a lot of people in WWE, but, like, it's sort of shamed. Like, why doesn't WWE do that? I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think this is a pretty good, um, not terrible addition. It's not the worst we've seen. It's definitely somewhere. And if, you're, if, you're, if you're curious about, like... Yeah, if you're if you're looking for a WWE adjacent animated film, it's only going to take up 50 minutes of your day. I, I'd say it's it's worth checking out. Yeah, like, yeah, um, and I believe if you want to watch it, you can get a seven day free trial to Boomerang to watch it with. I think that's how this yeah. works. Um, yeah, um, that's how I watch. Just watched. like we did. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's how that works. Um. Tomorrow night, as I said, we will be watch. We will be talking about Ferdinand with special guest Courtney Rose. Um, the episode starts around, if not slightly before, seven p.m. Eastern. Um, Ferdinand is on Disney Plus, so most of you have a very easy way to watch it. Um, after that, and we're still trying to figure out the date for this um, because CES is screwing up everybody's lives, but. After Ferdinand, we get into really what I would call the true 
like we we talked about like Scooby Doo being the jump up on the chart of get things getting better. Things get really better starting with Blockers, and then the surprisingly good Bumblebee, then right. playing with yeah. Fire, which is its own thing. I think I'm very excited for the late the late the late aughts era of films. That's near and dear to my heart. Yes, Blockers is when we started actually watching these movies together. We saw in, that in, in theaters. I think you said after we saw it, like, I guess we have to see all the John Cena movies. We They come out now. That started the bit that led to this podcast. Yep. So there um, you go. And then after that, F9, um, which I have tickets for already because I am that person. Um, and then the Suicide Squad. Thereafter, we will have guests for F9, the Suicide Squad, and Blockers. But since we are trying to confirm dates for everything, we're not going to announce those yet. We're holding those close to the vest. Stay tuned. Follow us yeah. Follow us on all the socials. We're Cenophiles everywhere. And, of course, if you're watching this live, we love having you here. You can always find us on YouTube, pretty much any podcast service. Just search Cenophiles on the interwebs, and we will be there. Because you can stream him, but should you? Sweet.